You're listening to the Joy Junkies Show podcast, episode 381. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 381. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Well, hello, my love. Hello, hello, hello. How, how are you this lovely <laughs> afternoon? I'm doing pretty well. It's we- a nice chilly day here in North Carolina. We're trying to stay somewhat warm in our little bougie beige podcast room. Gets yes. so cold. It really does. It's one of the coldest rooms in the house. It, it's pretty ridiculous. Your so, office is the hottest. This I, room is the coldest. I know. It's it's a it's a trip. It doesn't circulate as well as it needs yeah. to. Anyway, that's riveting content there for you. We're <laughs> so glad you're here with us. Happy- and that's the end of our podcast. We'll just say goodbye at that. All right. Point. Here's to here's loving and living. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye now. So happy Valentine's Day. Yesterday was Valentine's Day. Oh, that's right. Happy V Day. Hopefully, or happy Singles Awareness Day. Singles Awareness Day, okay. <laughs> we, we ourselves do not celebrate Valentine's Day. We don't. It's, it's just such a blatant example of commercialist commercialism. Yeah. And uh, You know, the reason I guess I buck against it is it feels like an obligatory... You know, if you're going to show love, show love. Yes. But don't make it obligatory. Exactly. And I think it also, show it how you want. Show it how you want. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. hello, love languages. Not everybody yeah. wants gifts. Yeah. You know, so I think. And Valentine's Day can mean a million different things to a million different people. So celebrate how you like. That's exactly right. All right. We don't even need to get into that because we have a lot to talk about today. We got a lot. We are going to be talking about competition. Ooh. When Compet- you are competing so much with other people, mm-hmm. whether it's in your workplace or with friendships, colleagues, et cetera, and how to navigate when is that actually healthy for you and when is that threatening my self-worth? When is it that that need of I have to be perfect or else I'm not valuable? So we're going to mm-hmm. dig into mm-hmm. all of that. Interesting. But before we do that, you know we have to have Mr. Smith's segment. You know we do. That's right. A little segment (laughs) that we like to call. Would you rather? And today's would you rather is, would you rather, if your life depended on it, have to try to take apart and reassemble a computer? Or a car engine. Car engine, for sure. Yeah? Yeah. Computer, first of all, I also would like to strongly suggest that you pick engine as well. Me? Yes. Okay, why? Because the innards of a computer (laughs) are so incredibly intricate and tiny. Right. And your big ass hands are not going to, that's not Mm. conducive to that. Right, right, right. But, okay, here's the other side of the coin. Okay. You will need a lot of large tools to take a, a um, car engine apart. I work out. You're going to need an engine block lifter. I mean, it, it's a lot. 
But I mean, are you are you talking about my physical strength? Yes. Or are you ta- uh, you are. Yes. You're not just talking about the supplies that I need. No, I'm talking about the physical strength is needed to like uh, be able to get the bolts loose or. Well, I also am pretty damn good at. Okay. These are the steps that went this direction. Now these are the steps that go the opposite direction. So, so you could do either. So may I don't know the implications of the car engine. I just assumed that it was far less intricate than that of a computer. Not these days. Cars are computers on their own these days. Well, then that's not even a fair question. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. So well, what are you going to pick? MacBooks and those kind of things are very, very difficult to get a part and get to the innards. Exactly. So, do I you w- think that's the technical term for them? Do Do you think at Apple they call them <laughs> the innards? Let Let's examine your it's innards. The technical term. <laughs> I doubt it. Very seriously. <laughs> Geek Squad, or what's all the, what's all the, Apple the tech savvy people out there are cringing with right. that word. I'm sure they're like the inside of a computer is not called innards. <laughs> <laughs> The inner workings, whatever. You think you're smarter than us? Yeah. You think you're yeah. smarter? We'll go to the jo- uh, joyjunkie.com and tell us about it. <laughs> you're so funny. You don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. It's been eight years and you don't even know. <laughs> I don't, know. don't. Okay, so tell me what you're going to pick. Of uh, car engine. I'm much more, I've worked with a lot more car engines than I have the innards of a computer. <laughs> okay, you're going to go innards of a car. I, <laughs> I. Engine innards. <laughs> <laughs> Not not hard drive innards. Hard drive innards, no. I so think, slash it. I think now that you're telling me that I don't have the physical prowess to. <laughs> you could. I mean, it'd be a good workout. I and mean, there's electrical tools. Do you? Yeah. Okay. We're going to talk a little bit about patriarchy today. But there, <laughs> when I was in high school, there was a an offering. We had these mm. special classes that you could take for just one week. It was like in between semesters or whatever. And it was called Powder Puff Mechanics. And it was for girls. Oh, that's cool. To is it though? Yeah, <laughs> it, I think it is. It should just be mechanics, and anyone can sign up for it. Right, but if you say just mechanics, women automatically think, "Oh, it's just for dudes." Maybe in the nineties. Right, that's what I'm saying. Now I don't think that's so. The if case. you you have to rename it in order to even let women know that it's an option for them. Right in yeah. the nineties. Right. Right now, we don't need to call it powder puff fucking mechanics. Uh, well. You're probably right, but at the same time, I think there's still a lot of women that think that, you know, mechanical engineering is a is a man's field. I think all of that shit is changing dramatically. I do too. I do too. Like but I still even think the that stuff that's... that's like girl boss or a female engineer, it's like we don't say it's a male engineer, so we do not need to say we don't need to. I guess it all depends on context, right? Like if we're talking about. Um, how many male or female are in an industry? Sure, right, sure. or something like that. But just naming it like if like, oh well, this is a female engineer. It's like, well, so what? Which yeah. I think we should start delineating <laughs> if we're seeing a male accountant or you know, like if we're just like, so I've been seeing this male doctor, or I've been seeing yeah. I've been seeing yeah. this male accountant. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, I digress. So I think I'm going to pick the computer. Yep, I'm going engine. Which I changed my mind now that you knocked down my physical prowess. <laughs> so prowess. I I just can't imagine being able to get it back together. But I think I'm going to pick that. We would love to hear what you would rather. So go over to thejoyjunkie.com. Where am I sending them? Where? Oh, the club. The club? <laughs> I totally forgot. Yeah. Thejoyjunkie.com. How long have you been doing this? Slash club. You don't even know? Do not talk down to me. I'm sick of your shit. <laughs> 
Did I say it clear enough? Thejoyjunkie.com slash club. That's Ooh. our that's our after hours community. Mm. After hours. Where we talk about <laughs> whoa. <laughs> You're going rogue. Just added a little extra to it. <laughs> Your face was like this. <laughs> We talk about the Would You Rather every week over in our After Hours Facebook group, and it's just a really awesome place for camaraderie and beautiful, beautiful spirits. Everybody is so awesome and supportive of one another. I do bonus trainings every month so you can get support and questions answered. We do Warm Fuzzy Wednesdays so we get to celebrate, and it's just a really beautiful group, a corner of the internet. So Mm-mm-mm. you can also find the link in the show notes. So we are going to talk about competition today. And Hmm. being competitive in nature. But before we jump into that, we do have a little announcement about some stuff that's coming. Yes. Just so everybody can brace themselves for people (laughs) who are similar to me and need a decent amount of time to acclimate to change. Mm. Do you want to? No, go ahead. It's your show. (laughs) It's a no-nonsense show. I'm the sidekick. You do it. So... I'm going to be emotional. Um, you do it because I'm going to get, do it? I'm oh, get really? emotional. Oh, really? <laughs> I did not think that this was going to be that big of a reaction. Um, I am going to be parting ways with the podcast for a while. Uh, I've got a couple of different ventures that I'm doing and require my time. And it's very sad for me. It's 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 been a journey and we've been... I mean, what episode is this? 381. 381. So that's like eight years yeah. of podcast material. Once a week. I know. Like that's, we've been doing this a long time. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a, a tough call, but I'm going after my dreams and yeah. I, I just have to put my energy towards those things, you know? I'm so, so excited for you. He's going to be creating a school in the realm of body work that is... I, I have no doubt is going to be immensely successful and something that you've been really called to do for so long. It's a long time, yeah. And uh, so what that means for the show is – and, you know, he's open to having a little cameo here and there. And, and there's a chance that that might change once the school is up and running and all of those things. But what that means for us right now is figuring out what you all want to see from the show. So – over the next couple of months, because this won't go into effect for all of you, probably till around the middle of April, what we're going to do over the next, like kind of through February and March, is showcase a handful of different ideas of mm. whether it's a solo show or a hypnosis show or uh, an episode where I actually live coach somebody or mm-hmm. we have guest co-hosts trying a, a bunch of different types of formats for podcasts. And then I want all of you to vote and say, here's what we want to see on the show. Because it's obviously going to be like quite literally giant shoes to fill. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you wear like a size 13? 13, yeah. Ugh. And so it's going to be – You know, something that I want all of you to have a very real say in because you've been a part of this for many, many years with us. And and we, you know, want to hear what 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 you would rather. (laughs) So we so stay tuned, but start start entertaining it. Yeah. When I when I told like my best friend and my assistant and, you know, my sister mind groups that I'm business 
groups I'm a part of, everyone has audibly gasped. <laughs> like, <gasps> no, you know. <laughs> so like, oh, what? I'm feeling the love. So Thank yeah, you. I mean, you're incredibly integral to what we've done here. And so I, it's definitely going to be a new era. I'm not looking to replace Mr. Smith in any way, but I I think that it will be fun to kind of shake up the format, and I really want to hear your perspective on it. Mm. So so more on that. Okay. But yeah, yeah, I needed I needed a couple of months to <laughs> process myself. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about competition and how to combat toxic comparison, competing with others. Now I do think that there's a difference between competing with other people and then competing with yourself. Oh, yeah, for sure. Today, we're going to really focus on the competition with other people. Mm. So first and foremost, let's talk about can competition be healthy? Absolutely. That's why they call it healthy competition. It literally has the adjective healthy in front of it. Yes, it does. So sure, it absolutely can. But I do think that keeping competition in a really healthy container is extremely rare. Hmm. So here's where it starts to deviate into not being healthy. It's when it is involving feelings or emotions of I am less than. Okay. If I if I'm not the best, if I'm not perfect, if I'm not making this amount of money or whatever the comparison is. Or if there's extreme negative amount of emotions towards other people where it starts to affect the relationship where now you're constantly in competition with somebody in your workplace and now you kind of hate them. Okay. Right? Like where it becomes really, really unhealthy. Mm. Now, the healthy parameters are when it's genuinely motivating and and inspiring, right? When you're motivated by – Ooh, this this healthy sense of competition and it creates momentum for all of the people involved. You feel all the people involved feel inspired. Yeah. And you're not having any of these negative effects of crippling self-doubt or self-worth issues. That's interesting. The first thing that comes to mind is the, you know, trophy for everybody kind of thing. Uh I don't know if I'm a fan of that, but I'm curious how this leans into that. No, I I definitely agree with you on that. Because, you know, when you go up for a job interview, there's Mm. going to be one person who gets it. Right. Right. I think that's very different to understand that, that there are going to be situations where you want to achieve something and there are, you know, 10 people putting their hat in the ring for it and one person gets picked. I think we need to teach children and ourselves what emotional maturity and intelligence looks like. And that comes down to being able to mourn. It's an emotional intelligence thing to me. Which we've done podcasts on. Yes, plenty of them. And we're actually going to link to that in the show notes. I think the problem happens when the environment is one that says – or implies, if you don't attain this, then you are not worthy. Mm. Then you are not valuable. And There's plenty of that too. We see that consistently in our culture. And clearly, competition is not new at all. Like we've had that since the dawn of time, sure. competing for survival and all of that stuff. 
And so it's very much a defense mechanism in many ways. and But I think it's exacerbated in environments that say the only way to be is flawless. The mm. only way to be is perfect. Yeah. And then the implication of anything less than that is just simply not acceptable. Okay. Which is why we have people who think that they're not enough all the time mm. or yeah. that their body isn't acceptable or if I'm not married with – 2.5 kids and have this beautiful home and this flourishing career, I must not be doing it right. There's mm. something wrong with me. It's this competition of there's one right way to win. Okay. So that's kind of what we're talking gotcha. about. That's so, yeah. and even if we're talking about sort of this primitive pull or sort of defense mechanism around competing for our own survival, you know, that's genuinely around if I don't kill this other person and take his wife or <laughs> whatever whatever old school shit was going on, it was like, I might die. It's very Hunger Games of you. I might die. That's the registered thought. Mm. Now, we have to combat the idea that we will not actually die if somebody has a better body, has <laughs> more money, got the promotion you wanted, but there's still that part of that reptilian perspective of oh, this must mean I'm actually physically in danger. Mm. I might not survive this. So I think kind of understanding that there is there is an impetus behind that can be really helpful in understanding, okay, I'm normal, I'm human. So I also want to talk about, this is sort of my second point, I want to talk about reckoning with competition and unpacking it is truly an act of liberation. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about this. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what we do here. Let me dig in. <laughs> wow, that was redundant. So I think I shared with y'all a while ago, I took a social justice class from a brilliant instructor named Dr. T. Williams. We'll link to his information in the show notes. And he taught me so much about systems of oppression and not just in a racial space, but also in the the LGBTQ plus space, in women's rights, mm. in the rights of the disabled people who have disabilities, rather, I should say. And understanding that a lot of systems of oppression function and work by pitting oppressed parties against one another. So here's here's what I mean by this. It's, a, it's very much a part of the patriarchal influence. So, for example, if you look back at some of the beginnings of the LGBTQ plus movement, there was a very strong rift between gays not wanting to be associated with the trans community because mm. they – both are oppressed parties, but right. they're pitted against each other because the gays, the gay group was saying, you're way too far. We are more likely to be accepted if we're not associated with you. Right, right. Or historically white women not wanting black women to be a part of the suffrage movement. Like, mm. yes, we're oppressed, but not – we don't want that. Right. We can't be attached to that or it's not going to get any uh, traction. But look at what happens when – oppressed parties come together, when all women come together, including trans women, mm. including gay women, including all ethnicities, including anyone who's disabled. The power against 
that oppressive party or grouping of people comes from us not competing with one another. Mm, interesting. Okay. So if you if you want any more information on that, specifically around, I kind of really realized this when I watched the documentary. It's called Disclosure, and we'll link to that in the show notes, but it's specifically about the history of the transgender community. And also, if you've seen the the show called Pose, it's about the kind of ballroom culture. And so they talk – you see the, the distinction between gay community and transgender community and how uh, that's a piece of keeping everybody down by right. being in stark competition with one another. Interesting. We see it in class systems of people who are in poverty of one ethnicity being pitted against and hating some another ethnicity who's in poverty. Sure. When it's like, no, 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 if we band together, right. we have so much more <laughs> strength. So – and, and – as it relates to many of you listening as women, how often have we been taught that we need to compete with another woman to be valuable? Hmm. How many times have we thought, well, I hope whoever my ex is dating isn't prettier than me, more successful than me, thinner than me, instead of going, I hope you are fulfilled as a woman. Because right. women need to be happy. Women need to believe that they're enough. That's that's where our power lies. We lose so much fucking power when we stand pitted against one another and in constant competition. That's so true. So I wanted to just give that from a much more meta view that this just isn't about this issue of I'm constantly comparing my productivity level to Susan in accounting. You know, <laughs> that that's just how it is. No, no, no. There is a system that is set up to keep you down in that way. Mm -hmm. So by us reckoning with this, by us contending with these ideas of competition, that is an act of liberation. It is an act of rebellion and revolution. Uh, and I'm here for that. Yes. I am fucking here for that. Vive la revolution. And it's really important too. Now I think we're seeing this a lot more with body positive movements and advertising being far more inclusive. Yeah. And and I see a lot of women supporting women and, and this call to arms of we don't need to hate each other no matter what. Yeah. Even if they're an opposing party, political party, which is so contentious. Mm. No, it means all women, right? Mm. So – Something to just kind of contemplate on that. All right. So number three is, does your feelings of competition, whatever that looks like, whether it's your friendship circle, maybe it's in your family. I know siblings who are highly competitive with one another. Sure. And that can also be fostered by an environment that told you you needed to compete with one another. Yeah. That can be a huge influence and that then if that does happen from your family of origin then it tends to trickle into every other area it's not like you're just competitive with your siblings now you're competitive with everyone you work with you're competitive with your friends and so it, it's really important that we understand that there's probably an origin to it there's probably a reason why but let's start examining when we are in that competitive space, 
Does it feel inspiring and motivating or do you feel like shit? Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. What are you thinking? I know people that are very competitive. And if they aren't competing, they don't feel like they are living. Mm-hmm. Almost to the point of where if they aren't competitive in some way, that it's taking away from their spirit. Right. Okay. I'm going to push back on that a little bit because I think there's a difference. There's a distinction between not being fulfilling to spirit. Like I'm wired this way. This Mm. fulfills me. Right. And what I think is happening a majority of the time, which is if I don't win, there's something wrong with me. Well, yeah. And I think, I think they intertwine in the sense that there's people that feel like they have to gather a bunch of things to feel worthy. That's right. Right? Because there's an insecurity level there. Absolutely. Right? And the same thing can apply in this sense. It's so, kind of covering the 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 true issue, right? It's masking that. Because we, right. we do that a lot where we go, that's just how I am. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just super controlling. Right. Or I'm just such a perfectionist. Or Why? And it's like, oh, okay, so <laughs> those are all behavioral tactics. Those are all defense mechanisms. Those are pieces of our identity that we layer onto ourselves, that we ascribe to ourselves to say, this is who I am in the world. And a piece of that is ego. Now, a lot of times what you're talking about, there's crossover. There are times when it's awesome and it's totally fulfilling for you. My best friend is highly competitive. She loves going and like playing tennis to win. (laughs) And that's fulfilling and inspiring. You know, and she enjoys it and she has a blast doing it. Now, there are other people who could go do that. And if they don't win, their day is fucking ruined. Now, that is a different story. Their their sports team that they watch on television, they're not even a part of. I know. And it ruins their day. Right. There is no association other than you like that team. Please see emotional intelligence episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I'm not going to get all into that. Okay. So your, your point of reference, then my suggestion to anyone, whether it's something that they have identified with their entire life, I would start looking at that exact same question of, does this fulfill me? Does this feel expansive and Mm. exciting or do I feel like this is my only option because this is how I have identified my entire life and if I don't have this I have nothing that's a very different for sure motivation absolutely we can be motivated by fulfillment and we can also be motivated by fear one feels amazing and empowering and the other feels terrifying so that's why I am encourage everybody to look at when I am am in, in a state of competition, does it feel good, right? Yeah. Or does it feel like I'm comparing and despairing? I start with the competition, I start with the comparison, and then I go into despair, which I believe is a, a term coined by Martha Beck. Because we rarely compare and become inspired. True. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. But I'm not saying it doesn't exist. And I also think... That it that both can exist in the same person. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can have situations where c- being competitive really does fuel you and it's awesome and you feel motivated and pumped up. And then there's other times when it is absolutely stealing your joy. So that's up for everybody out there to decipher when does this cause me harm and pain and when does it 
actually fuel me and motivate me and inspire me. So I think also in extreme situations, not only does it feel like shit when you're constantly comparing yourself or feeling like I have to win at all costs, Mm -hmm. it can lead to anxiety, depression, physical illness, not sleeping, not eating because, oh my gosh, I've got to get that promotion. I've got to get this. What are my parents going to think? I've got to be the number one student, whatever it is, that now it's leading to these other physical issues. Mm -hmm. That is very much the case with me. I hate competition. I fucking hate it (laughs) because of how it makes me feel. Yeah. I feel incredibly anxious. I feel like the stakes are high. I feel like you got to win, you got to win, you got to win. Go 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 go. And I hate that feeling. So, it to the point of like if I'm playing a board game and people want to like talk <laughs> shit, right? I I'm, I will not buy into it at all. <laughs> I know you won't. I'm just like we're all just having fun here. Like I can't be like you're going down, sucker. Like I hate that. <laughs> It's so funny. It's funny, right? Like I just – I refuse. I refuse to do that because it, it's uncomfortable for me. It really hurts. It hurts my heart. <laughs> and the other piece of this that we've talked about a little bit is the emotional intelligence piece, which again, we'll link to that show, uh, that episode in the show notes. But you have to also honor what you are feeling and navigate behind it. So if you are finding yourself in an incredibly competitive place with a friend of yours – Part of that is examining what you are feeling. Are you feeling jealousy? Are you feeling envy? Are you feeling as though you are not enough, that you are not valuable? That's up to you to sit with, examine, look at what's behind that. That's a piece of understanding what you're you're feeling emotionally and then deciding on the healthiest choices for yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's good. All right, number four. This is probably one of the most pivotal pieces of all of this is notice if your insecurity is heightened. So if you ask yourself, what do I make up about needing to win, about landing this job, getting this promotion, being the thinnest in my friends group, Hmm. being the youngest, having the, the best Clothing, having the nicest house, all the things that we compete with one another about. What do we make up about that whole thing? Just journaling around that question and asking yourself. Why is that important? Do I make up that I'm less than? Like what what is behind the striving? Okay. Is it a societal influence? Is it family influence? Is Is it just how you were raised like what what's behind that right and what do you what are you making up about it because i really think and this is kind of what we were talking about earlier with the scenario you brought up i think a lot of times the collapse is if i am the thinnest if i have the most money if i have the most success then i'll be happy then i'm valuable Mm. then i'm enough Oftentimes, our competition is saying, I have to be the best so that I am valuable. And conversely, if I'm not the best, then I am invaluable. Then I am not worthy. Okay. And really what that is, is if you get passed up for the promotion, if you don't get the audition, if you don't make as much as your co-worker, 
that can hurt. You can feel that. You are allowed to be bummed out that you mm. didn't achieve what you wanted. Yeah. But again, that's very different than saying that must mean I'm not worthy. All that means is it hurts. Sure. And again, that's where our emotional intelligence comes in, being able to navigate emotional pain. Right. And not collapsing that with that must mean that I'm not valuable. Because I'm not saying for one second that if you relinquish all of this and you let go of, you know, being highly competitive, that you're not going to experience sadness if you, you know, don't get hired, (laughs) you know, or if if you are making less money than a friend of yours or something like that, that might still have a painful emotional response. But it doesn't mean that you're not enough. It doesn't mean that you're not valuable. It doesn't mean that you're not worthy at all. And so that's, I think, the dangerous collapse that we have. Okay. I see the difference. So the essence of competition is that it showcases the best, right? One winner. One person is the best. Sure. Which implies that everyone else is less than which is basically this huge what the fuck for your self-worth. So that is why, again, layered with all of these systems of oppression, that we go, I'm not valuable unless I'm this size, unless my skin looks this way, unless I have this sort of a house, unless I make this kind of a money, money, because I've been told there's a right way to be. And if I don't have that, what the fuck do you think that does to your self-worth? Sure. Which wow, is yeah. which is one of the biggest things that I work on with people, and I'm sure many of you have heard me talk about this before. I would say that a majority of the clients who come to work with me in my Deep Down and Dirty program, their key issue, the underlying issue is, I am not enough. Mm. I am not worthy. And then that manifests in behaviors like perfectionism. Which is what? I have to be perfect in order to be valuable. Right. People pleasing. I need to be liked in order to be enough. Control. This is the only thing that I can can keep a hold of in order to feel like I am enough, that I am valuable. So we start searching towards all of these things that are external, overachieving. Achievement in and of itself is not a problem. Right. But it's when we go I have to do that thing or else I won't be valuable. It's that collapse of meaning. Interesting. Okay. So if you're in a place where you know that you are constantly putting everybody in front of yourself, that things are – that you are constantly in a place of self-doubt or feeling less than all the time, comparing yourself to other people, competing, tight grip on control, then – A lot of that is going to be untangled at the root, which is your belief about yourself, who you are. And that is malleable. We can change that. We absolutely know that with brain science, that we can change the neural pathways in the mind. Mm. So anyway, if you are interested in going much deeper, changing those core beliefs and actually believing that you are fucking enough already and letting go of all of those that people-pleasing and perfectionism and comparison and all of that, if it's holding you back, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. I have chronicled all the work that I do in Deep Down and Dirty. I talk a lot about how the subconscious and conscious works and why 
it may not be working for you to just listen to a shit ton of podcasts or read a book <laughs> here and there and why things aren't changing. There's yeah. a very real reason for that. Absolutely. So if you are done and you also want to fight for liberation, which means that all of us need to believe that we are valuable, that we are enough, that we are worthy. It could just be a massive social justice thing that you do to believe that you are enough. Yeah. Right? So go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. That's the, your first item of business. Watch that masterclass. And then at the very end, you'll see an opportunity to book a call with a member of my team where completely complimentary, where you can look at if deep down and dirty is the right solution for you based off of the things that you're struggling with. Mm, okay. So again, that'll be in the show notes. It's also at thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. Okay. Number five, I think this is one of the best ways to take it from an external competition into an, an internal growth. That's what we're all about here. That's right. <laughs> At, start asking yourself the question, am I improving? Not how am I measuring up compared to, to that person. person. Right. Yeah. Who's better? Who's winning? Who's farther along? Who has more money, family, etc.? <laughs> but let's okay, they have nothing to do with me. Am I growing? Am I improving? Do I like the person I am becoming? Am I proud of the steps that I have taken? If that's a yes, then you acknowledge the fuck out of it. You write a list. You write how you have changed over the last year, five years, 10 years. And you stay cognizant about what data you are tallying. Are you tallying the things that are not as good as so-and-so? Or are you telling your own fucking growth how far you've come? Mm. That's a very, very different perspective. Now, if you ask yourself the question of am I improving and the answer is no. Then you're not worthy. No, no. <laughs> Have you learned nothing? Oh, my gosh. Darlene, cut that out. <laughs> Don't cut that out, Darlene. Just kidding, Darlene. No, this is a teaching moment. This is a teaching moment. No, if it's a no that you're not improving, then start checking in. What support do I need? What can I do to start moving that mark? What do I need to do in order to course correct? I'll tell you one of the biggest pieces, and you'll hear this in that workshop, is either self-blame or external blame. Well, I can't get ahead because of this, or I can't do that because of that, and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And we reside in that place of blame, which inevitably locks us into victimhood. Mm-hmm. We all want to be improving. We all want to be growing. So start looking at what can I do to do that? Right. And if you are already improving, acknowledge the fuck out of yourself. Celebrate. I'm yeah. going to link to that as well. We have a, a show I did ages ago about celebrating how far you've come. Wow, that was a while ago. And that, it, yeah, it was. Yeah, we were wow. in our old, our old house. That's right. Because I remember what, inspired me, the event that inspired me to actually record that podcast. But I think it's because we get caught up in these sorts of things where we tally where we have not gotten, what we haven't accomplished, and we see that kind of emblazoned on people who have done it, right? There's always sure. going to be somebody who's done more hmm. or who is more aesthetically pleasing always or in better more. shape, has yeah. more wealth, what, always. 
But if we focus out there, we almost always feel like shit. So let's come back and go, okay, I'm not measuring me against you. I'm measuring me against me. Me, Have I improved? What do I need to be held accountable for? Your growth is your responsibility. I love that. All right. And then finally, number six, I think this goes without without saying, but you've got to work on that self-worth. Because I do think that the people who can engage in competition in a way that is motivating and inspiring know that if they don't win, they're still totally valuable. Yes. They are anchored in a strong sense of self-worth where they can go, okay, you win some, you lose some. Mm. I'm not going to be devastated. I'm not going to collapse that with my self-worth. And that takes getting to that root issue, like I was talking about earlier, in examining what are my beliefs about myself? Mm. How do I speak to myself constantly? One of my favorite things to say when you find yourself getting lost in competition or comparison is other people's success has nothing to do with me. Yeah. We see that stuff outside of ourselves and we go, that must mean I suck. That must mean my choices are shitty choices. That must mean I'm slow. That must mean I'm not valuable. Like we make all of these meanings based off of other people who have nothing to do with us. It's arbitrary. It doesn't have anything to do with what you are capable of. But but it becomes this kind of catch-22 because the more you focus on that, the less you actually find your fulfillment. Right, right. The less you actually enjoy your life and your enoughness. Yeah. So working on on that. Yes, Mm -hmm. it absolutely does. So working on that self-worth, I've done podcasts specifically on that as well. I'll link to that in the show notes so that you can peruse any of those additional pods that might be helpful for you. But again, I just want to encourage you, if, if you've heard me talk about this on the show before, And you love all of the ideas that you hear, but you don't do anything with it. I like to call that the field work. (laughs) If you don't take it into the field, nothing is going to change. I remember in coaching school, I had an instructor who said, keep doing what you're doing and you'll get more of the same. Mm, That goes for keep thinking how you're thinking. Keep believing how you're believing. Keep talking to yourself the same way you're talking to yourself and you get more of the same. Is that good news? <laughs> Is that good news for you? Right, right. Or are you like, I can't keep thinking this way about myself or believing these things about myself? They are arresting my success and ultimately my happiness. Yeah. If that is you, please consider going to watch this workshop. The very least, you're going to learn a bunch of shit. Yeah. Yeah. And a- then add that to the. Things that you're not doing, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't want to ever motivate from a place of guilt trips. I'm kidding. kidding. Truly. But but I do feel like where we want to get in life is truly our responsibility. And you can have friends who see the awesomeness in you. You can have spouses that see the awesomeness in you. that's true. And that doesn't make a damn difference on how you feel about yourself. You have to do the work. You have to. I tell my clients that all the time. All the time. All the time. It's the same thing with health. Yeah. You have to have the empowerment to understand that there's an innate healer within you. That's right. And you have to tap into that innate healer. 
That's right. That's an internal process. Yeah. Of believing that you are able to heal That's and that right. you're worthy to heal. All those things are, I, I mean, replace that with, you know, personal development it's and the it's the exact thing. same thing. Right. It's, it is personal responsibility. Personal responsibility. It's, yeah. And, and also, y'all, it's not unique to people who are successful. We all have the capability. Oh, yeah. But it's a matter of are we using it? Are we tapping into it? Are mm-hmm. we acknowledging our own personal power? And I personally feel like like I've talked about with some of the liberation theory that that's what, what we really need to do is acknowledge that I do have the power even though all of these other systems, some of them religion, like extreme dogma, saying, no, you don't have the authority to know what's good for you. Right. Only the church or only God knows. And I I really contest that um, we know we have the ability or whether it's other systems of oppression that have kept marginalized people down saying you, you aren't good enough. You don't have that capability. Mm, yeah. You are less than. We look at this is better than this. Uh, and <laughs> if you're in that marginalized group, you have to fight extra hard to actually believe that you are enough, that you are worthy. So I do not pretend to be an authority on that in any way. I certainly am not. But I do think that one of the things that's been so pivotal for me is understanding the correlation between social justice and personal development. Yeah. Right. And especially this enoughness idea, which is what I talk about all the time. Yeah. So I think there's an onus on me to learn about that and to share that with all of you. So I will leave it at that. I think that's enough for today. I'm hoping that this is helpful. Tons of additional resources for you in the show notes, as always. And yeah, stay tuned for some very exciting new developments. I love it. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to throw in the mix? No, I think that's good. All right. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you, um, my love. <laughs> we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Ms. and Mr. Smith, out. Out.